0: What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Happy January, happy 2020. It's the first episode of the year. Uh, I'm stoked and I really appreciate you guys for checking out the podcast. And I'm excited for the new year. I know a lot of you guys are too. It's the season of setting goals and setting intentions, which I think is amazing. And I know you guys know if you follow me that I'm all about intention and clarity and all these good things. But I think many people. Uh, overlook the opportunity we have with the new year to reflect on the year we just had and I think uh, it's an important thing to do and that's why for the last four years now I've made this reflection that I'm about to share a part of my new year's routine I typically take a day or two or three to go over this exercise and reflect on what went well in my last year what didn't go well and how can I move into the new year Given this with a new level of wisdom and tension and all those good things, I think like we can't really know where we're going without paying some sort of respects to where we came from. And I'm not about dwelling in the past or looking back in the past all the time, but given these containers, these reflection containers, I think it's a a really helpful thing to do uh, and it's helped me a lot. And. Uh, Before I get into the exercise, I want to note I didn't invent this. Uh, It's just something that has worked really well for me in hitting the the ground running for the new year. Uh, I first became aware of this exercise, or a similar one, by Tim Ferriss. I'm a big fan of his, or at least I used to be a huge fan of Tim Ferriss, uh, especially in my younger years. He did one uh, similar, and I followed suit, and I've since made a lot of modifications to this exercise, and I've made it specifically my own, but uh, it's still very much inspired by Tim's original but let's go through it. I figured I'd take you through the prompts I use every single year, uh, including, and I'll include some brief explanations as to like what the aim is with each uh, exercise, and, and hopefully they can become effective for you as they have for me. Um, and this exercise, this reflection intention exercise is compromised of six prompts. Each is a writing exercise. You can journal. I do it on my computer so I can write much more than I, I could do if I did it by hand. Uh, And I definitely recommend taking your time through this. If you're going to do this, like dive into it and finish each prompt before moving on to the next and and just give yourself the time and space to take as much time as you want. I got my coffee here next to me. It's the morning. It's Friday morning. I like to do this first thing when I wake up, have some coffee and do some some writing. So hope you guys enjoy. Here are the prompts that I use every single year to hit, hit the ground running. So let's get into it. The first prompt I do is called "Truths to Remember." And we're coming out the gate hot with this one. It's not an easy one, uh, but it's one of my favorites. And for this prompt, for this prompt, not prompts, I make a list of truths that I know I'll need to remember in order to live my life at my highest potential. So I ask myself, what, if anything, do I know to be true? What are truths that I live by? What are the reminders I need? Because I will often forget. And this is kind of a meta exercise, kind of a like, what are your life philosophy exercise? I essentially make a list of truths I want to remember. And for me, I think of these as like my own personal set of commandments. And I write as many as I want. I used to write only three or four every year. uh, But this year, I felt compelled and inspired to write ten. Um... I like to get, like I said, I like to get super meta with these, and uh, you want to hear mine? I'm going to share them. I'm going to share them. I don't know what you said. You probably said yes. You probably said no. I don't know. Here are my 10 truths to remember this year. Number one, live your truth and honor yourself. It's for the greatest good of all. That's a, that's one I needed to remember. Sometimes I feel like I'm being selfish if I honor myself. I'm remembering to, that that's for the greatest good of all if I do that this year. Number two, your life's quality can be measured in the small moments just as much or likely more than the big moments. Number three, you are, always have been, and always will be on the path. Number four, you know the way. It's okay that you get it. It's okay that you don't know how to explain it sometimes. Trust your knowing without the need for external validation. I hope these aren't too meta for you guys. I'm a, I, I get deep, I get deep, but I love this exercise. Number five, take care of your avatar, sleep long, eat clean, move often, and connect with people. Those are like the simple reminders that I often forget. Number six, your life is supposed to feel good. That's a quote from Abraham Hicks. Uh, check her out if you haven't. Number seven, you are not free to live any moment but this one. And that's a quote from Alan Watts. You are not free to live any moment but this one. That's a good reminder for me. Um, number eight, things must flow out for things to flow in. This is one of my favorites. Like I cling so tightly to the things that are going well in my life, and when I think I might lose them, I get really anxious. And this reminder that things must flow out for things to flow in is a good reminder that like when things are leaving me, it's not a bad thing. It's just making space for more good things to come. Number nine, uh, not so much a truth to remember, but like an like a thought exercise. What if my ambitions were humble is a helpful question to ask myself when filled with self-inflicted pressure. That's a big one for me. If I ask myself, what if my ambitions were humble, it's, it often like relieves some of that pressure I put on myself. And then number 10, take everything less serious. You're always safe. Those are my 10 truths to remember for 2020. I got meta. Get as meta or not as meta as you want. That's a fun exercise. Let's move on. Prompt number two, experiments. What are the most absurd things I can do in 2020? Uh, And this exercise can be quick and it's fun. It's helpful for turning off the rational brain and getting into like a flow-like state. And it's super simple. Without thinking, write down 10 completely quote-unquote absurd ideas on things you could do this year. Don't shoot for realistic and don't edit it. Just literally the first 10 ideas that come to your head. What are the most absurd things I could do this year? What are some things I could try this year? And you're going for crazy ideas. The idea here is that, you know, like most of these won't become anything, but what if one of these crazy ideas becomes something? You're kind of putting your rational brain to the side and allowing the umbrella of quote unquote absurd give you permission to dream. So look back on this list in a year and you might be surprised as to which, quote-unquote, absurd ideas became a reality. The first year I did this, I think it was 2016. I looked back on it in 2017, and uh, I ended up doing like eight out of the ten ideas I listed. And when I wrote the ideas, they definitely felt absurd and crazy, and like I just was like having fun with it. But then I looked back in the year, and I was like, oh, wow, I actually did that. Um, so perhaps the things that we call crazy ideas are things that we actually want to do. Food for thought. Food for thought. Give yourself permission to kind of like think of crazy ideas sometimes. And a side note, making lists of 10 like this is a cool way to like stretch your creativity. So it's going to be – the first like five ideas might come easy, but the second five to make it a list of 10 is actually difficult. Um, It's like a creativity exercise. In 2017, I spent a whole year every day making a list of 10 just like this. Um, and you can, to learn more about this, you can Google the ultimate guide to becoming an idea machine by machine by James Altucher, if you're interested in learning more about this, but essentially creativity or the ability to come up with ideas is a muscle. So just making a list of 10 is making a list of 10 ideas and doing this every single day is strengthening your ability to get to connect dots, to like push past discomfort of not knowing what to do and to, you know, basically work on the filter that you have because it's so easy to not say ideas because they might be stupid, but if you give yourself permission to like have stupid ideas, then you're, you know, you're flushing out the stupid ideas and then you're making more room for things to continue to flow. So, side note, creativity muscle, check out that article, it's pretty cool. Prompt number 3, 80/20 analysis of 2019. This was uh, actually directly taken from Tim Ferriss. So this is not my exercise, but it's something I've stuck with over the years. So 80-20 analysis, 80-20, or the Pareto Principle, is the law of the vital few. It's the principle of factor sparsity. It states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes and there's so many studies done with this where they look at 80% of the results in any field whether it's like business or a sports team success or anything often comes from like 20% of the causes or the you know the things creating those things like 20% of the things creating something usually make 80% of the results and that can ha- be applied to our life 80% of the good things in our life might be coming from like 20% of our efforts And so with this exercise, you'll be identifying the few things that created the majority of your outcomes. So first, um, trying to kind of identify negative outcomes in your life. This is a reflection on 2019, the year we just had. I did this. You'll ask yourself if you're following along, what are 20% of the actions, behaviors, or experiences that created 80% of my negative outcomes in 2019? Again, what are 20% of the things that created 80% of the negative outcomes in 2019 and make a list of the things that come to mind. It shouldn't be a huge list. Again, there's only a few things creating a lot of the results. So for me, you know, there's always those small habits like uh, staying up super late and scrolling on Instagram, which will um, which will ripple effect in me getting a shitty night's sleep, which will result in me being in a bad mood next day, which will result in um, not getting as much work done, which will result in poorer relationships. So you can see just with that one example, staying up late and scrolling on Instagram is one of those habits for me um, that creates like a ton of negative outcomes. So that would be one that I would put and whatever you can think of, do the same. And then do the same for positive outcomes. What are 20% of the actions, behaviors, experiences that created 80% of your most positive outcomes in 2019? So what are the 20% of things that you did well in 2019 that created all these amazing outcomes Um, for me, podcasting. It's one of those, I haven't done many things that have created ripple effects like this, but podcasting is like 20, it's like a 20% thing. I don't do it often, but when I do, it creates like 80% of all these ripple effects. I meet new people, my brand grows, my connection with you guys grows, um, my life satisfaction goes up, so that's one of those things that definitely is on the list of 20 20% of actions that are creating 80% of my positive outcomes in life. After you've made these few lists, um, ask yourself, like these are kind of like the resolution kind of things that most people do. What are two things I'm committed to giving up in 2020? So given this list of the small number of things that are creating a large number of negative outcomes, what are two things I could give up in 2020? Um, And I made my list. I'm keeping two of those personal. I'm not going to share them. And then what are two habits, on the contrary, that I'm committed to making a part of my life in 2020? What are two habits I'm committed to making a part of my life in 2020? And same thing goes. Like, Take a look at your list of those few number of things that you do that create a ton of positive outcomes for you. And how can you make maybe two of those a part of your daily routine to kind of optimize on creating more of those positive outcomes? So for me, one of my... Um, you know, I, I shared podcasting creates all these positive outcomes in my life. So to kind of optimize on that, I can't podcast every day. But something that leads directly into podcasting for me is writing. Writing helps me like get my thoughts clear, it helps me articulate better, it helps me kind of actually plan out podcasts that I might do like solo podcasts like this, I like to often write outlines. So for me, writing has so many of these benefits that kind of peel off into so many aspects of my life. So one of my things one of my new habits that I'm committed to making a part of my daily routine is writing. So what are two things you could add to your daily routine that will yield tons of results? And it could be a small habit. For me, the writing thing, it can be a mountainous task to try to pick up a new habit and make it a part of my day. So I'm committing myself to five minutes of writing a day. It's so small. It's such a small number. I'll literally set a timer on my phone. There's like if I write bullshit for five minutes, at least I wrote and at least I'm doing that. So that's something I'm doing. And then when you have a low bar, So for, for you, if it's reading or if it's uh, meditating or whatever it is, or if it's um, stretching, make the barrier to entry super low, like start off super simple, five minutes a day, set a timer that way, like the, the likelihood of failing or feeling bad about not doing it is so low, like you can do anything for five minutes, set the timer for five minutes. If you want to stop when the timer's up, you're done, you did it, good, you you did your job, but likely when you get rolling five minutes in, you're going to be like, well, I'm already this far, let's keep going. That's a tactic um, a friend of mine taught me from a book from James Clear called Atomic Habits. Uh, I've heard it's a good read, I haven't read it. Let's move on. There we go. That's the 80-20 analysis for 2019. Prompt number four. This is the biggest prompt of the exercise, and I really like to take my time here. I think I take, I typically take a full day to do this one. Not a full day, but like a full session, uh, just to do, to do this prompt. Prompt number four is called the Ten Areas of Life um, New Year's Visualization Exercise, and the idea of this one is: imagine you're looking back on the year of 2020. In writing about how amazing your life is. Like the year was just amazing. It was like a movie. Everything went right in absolutely every way. And now it's time to to like write about what were the specifics. And so I give myself 10 categories I want to write about. And for each category, I write a paragraph or a bunch of paragraphs on what my dream would be in this area. What would make this part of my life perfect? And I like to really take my time here, like I said. Um, and have fun here. And it's just, it's so nice to get in the feeling of of what I want. And if I'm doing this, I I like to dare to dream. So if you're doing this, dare to dream, like create the full picture in detail, write about how it feels, write about how good it tastes, make it super dramatic so that you get actually excited. Like if you're getting the chills while you write this, um, I often get that you're doing it right. And a major key, uh, a major key here. It's to write in the present tense as if it was already your reality. So I'm not writing, I want this, I want that. It's like, I have this, I have that. It tastes so good. It feels so good. Um, This part of my life is so amazing because I'm writing in the present tense. I'm not going to go into depth about visualization, but... Experiencing things in the present moment, even before they get here, is a key ingredient to like proper visualization. Um, and so, this exercise is super fun. And here are the 10 sections I write about in depth. So, again, there's 10 sections. Each section, I write a paragraph or more about how perfect this area of my life is in the present tense and really just enjoy and soak up that energy. So, the first section is relationship to self. What's my relationship to myself like? How do I talk to myself about myself? How is my energy? How is my confidence? How is my demeanor? The second section is physical health. What's my body look and feel like? How do I feel when I wake up? How is my energy? How is my mental health? How is my emotional health? I write a full section on that. Third section is professional life. What is my work or for you if it's school, what's that part of my life look like? What's my schedule like? How are my levels of fulfillment? What kind of work am I doing? how uh, who do I work with? How much money am I making? And again, this is for some people this one in, uh, in particular can be tough because you don't let yourself dream, but let yourself dream even if this might not feel like it's close to a reality for you. just let yourself just pour on the paper exactly what your dream would be like if if you were doing exactly what you wanted to do, like write about that as if it was in the present tense. I did this years ago, I think the first year I did this, um, I was like, Let's see, I'm 24 now, almost 25. First year I did this, I think I was 20. And so, writing about my ideal professional life felt a little weird, but I did it anyways. And to be able to look back now four years ago and see what I wrote four years ago is now kind of slowly manifesting and becoming a part of my actual life now is a trip. And if you would have told me that was the case back then, I wouldn't have believed you. But in doing this, in writing about things in the present tense, in letting yourself dream, you're really setting yourself up on a subconscious level to start aligning with the life you want. So I can't say it enough. Write your dream. Write about what you're most excited about. You should be so stoked. And don't get discouraged if you're not even close to that yet. Just trust that in the background, life is going to work out and start putting you in this direction if you take this exercise seriously. Uh, what are we at? Number five. Number five, spirituality. Um, whatever this means for you, for me, it's like, what does my relationship with the unknown look like? What's my relationship with God or the divine or universe or whatever you want to call it? And how is this part of me nurtured? And again, I write a full section about that. <clears throat> then it's love. Am I dating? Am I married? Am I single? What's my ideal love life look like? What's my dream relationship like? Um, this is a big one for me. I love to write about this one. Not currently in a, in a soul level relationship, so I'm excited to call that in. Family. What's my relationship with family like? How much time am I spending time with them? How much am I checking in with them? Uh, What are we on number six, seven? I'm I'm losing track. Friends, social time. What are my friends like? What do I spend time doing with my friends? What are they into? What are our like-minded interests? Next section is leisure. How do I spend time relaxing? Do I go on vacations? What does this part of my life look like? I think this is a an important one. Like people don't often set intentions for how they want to relax, and for me this has been a, a big one. I used to relax too often by like, you know, drinking beers with buddies or smoking weed or scrolling on Instagram or watching TV and so being intentional about how I spend my leisure time has been like a super underrated way to like level myself up. So I'm I'm super intentional that when I'm sleepy or tired, not to just reach for the super easy things to do, like watch TV. scroll. Um, And if I'm intentional, my leisure might look like, you know, meditate or um, lay or sit next to a friend, even if I'm not talking to them or read, you know, easy things that still progress me as a human. Um, Number nine, learning. How do you continue to learn? Ideally, what are you learning? How are you learning? How are you immersing yourself in learning experiences? And then the final section is support. Who do you turn to when you need help? How do you feel supported? What uh, or who do you support and in what ways do you give back? So those are the 10 sections. Um, and again, in each one, I'm writing in depth and just allowing myself to have fun with this and really visualize my ideal life. Uh, and if anything, and if you don't do any other sections, I think this is the most valuable section to do just because of the space and the energy it can put you in moving forward. Whew, that's a lot of talking. I appreciate you guys if you're still with me. Um, I'm wrapping this up. We got two more prompts. They're quick ones. Prompt number five, 2020 summary. What do I see for myself? So given everything you wrote above, um, all the different you know sections and you wrote in depth, try as best as you can to summarize all of that into one cohesive paragraph. What does your ideal life look like in 2020? And write it in the present tense. Um, and for me, this helps me consolidate the vision I just made for myself and gives me something I can easily refer back to. Um it also, if you're into this kind of thing, you can make a vision board that encapsulates that summary in a visual form for you, and, and you can put it somewhere where you can look at it daily. So as often as you can, you know, after you've done all those sections and tapped into that energy of basically your dream, um, being able to look at that often I think is a very helpful thing to do. So the final prompt, prompt number six is what went really well in 2019. And this prompt is something I just added this year. For the last four years, I only had five prompts. And now I have the sixth prompt because I think it's super important. So if you're following along, we're on the same page with this one. We're starting it for the first time together. The idea here is for many of us, this time of year can be about getting our shit together. And making resolutions is great but not if it's under the assumption that we need to fix something or that something is broken. You're not damaged. You're not broken. You don't need fixing. You're already amazing. And uh, self-improvement is a great thing, and it's something I'm passionate about. But um, to do that effectively, I think it's helpful to recognize how far we've come and how we're doing a lot right already. Like 2020 is about building upon what we've already done not fixing something we did wrong in 2019 so for this final exercise take as much time as possible and write out all the things you did well in 2019 what worked well what are you proud of what are some of the big shifts you made what were the small things that you did that made a big difference how did you treat people how did you help people how many hugs did you give what were the challenges that you overcame what were the things you didn't think you could handle that you did And take your sweet damn time with this part. Like Celebrate yourself and write as much as you can in a way that will show yourself. Like I did some shit in 2019. You'll be with yourself. I'll be with myself all of 2020. And so let's make sure that we have our own backs and recognize that we're great. We're already great. We don't need fixing. And uh, all these goals that we have for 2020 is only to build upon our amazingness, not to fix something uh, that needs fixing. Side note, I'm currently reading You Can Heal Your Life by Lewis Hay. It's an amazing book, and I can't recommend it enough, especially in regards to this idea of self-acceptance. She has this quote that I love. Quote, Love is never outside ourselves. Love is within us. Self-approval and self-acceptance in the now are the main keys to positive change in every aspect of our lives. I'm going to say that again, self-approval and self-acceptance in the now are the main keys to positive changes in every area of our lives. That's powerful shit, people. Clarity is king. I hope this exercise that I've provided you, uh, that I do every year, is providing you value. Um, Another quote, there are few things more powerful than a life lived with passionate clarity. There are few things more powerful than a life lived with passionate clarity. Erwin McManus wrote that. I hope this is New Year's reflection and intention exercise provides you with just that. I hope it gave you passionate clarity. Clarity as to what worked for you in the past, what didn't, and most importantly, clarity as to who you want to become. I like to believe that we have the ability to live the life we want to live, but it takes intention, and I hope this has helped you in that process. If you want a copy of the exact template I use every year, if you don't want to dictate from my voice on this podcast, email me. I'm actually looking to build a little email list where I can send awesome resources like this directly to you guys. So if you want your copy, email me at mccoy.maxwell at gmail.com, m-c-c-o-y dot m-a-x-w-e-l-l at gmail.com, and then just say, like, I want the New Year's template, and I'll get you hooked up. I appreciate you guys learning and growing with me as always. Um, I truly am so grateful for this platform and all you guys who reach out to me, who share the podcast. You guys mean the world to me. We have some epic conversations coming out in 2020. We're just getting started. I love you guys. Um, You should love you. You're amazing. Happy 2020. Let's get it.